Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I believe this is episode 181 and this is doing something different. Normally if I have more, multiple people on screen, they all know each other and they all work together, but not this time. This time is I have four strangers. They're not a stranger to me necessarily, but they're strangers to each other and they are all emerging designers. So they've been in the workforce between zero and six years and um, and they do different things and they have different strengths. So we're going to kind of attack this and hopefully everybody um, can get a little bit of something out of this. So let me kind of take you around this platform. You can actually hover over whoever's talking and you can see that there's a chat um, thing and you can pop up a chat window. You can actually zoom it. Uh, you can take it off of where it is connected and then you can close it back if you really want. Um, so you guys can say, hey, we actually can see this. I will see questions that are coming. You can also do a Q&A. You can ask a question down there as well. Um, to do the gallery view, you have to be a participant. I'm sorry, Jason. Um, so Andre's coming from Portugal. So thank you. He's a great illustrator. Amy Lyons is from um, North Carolina, originally from Georgia. And Josh is in uh, Philly, I think. Right, Josh? Um, Steph, you have to tell me where you are. Kevin, New Jersey, I believe. Uh, Jody, not sure if this is my friend Jody in Tennessee. Um, but... Um, we're going to get everybody. Oh, Pennsylvania. All right. Great. Thanks, Jody. I'm glad you could go. So, uh, Jed is from New Jersey. All right. So we're going to get busy. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. They're going to do a screen share. I'm going to be the screen share for Amy because I forgot to test with her like this. So we're, they're going to screen share and give you a little bit of their background. I just want each of you guys to briefly tell us how long you've been working in the industry professionally and then the design positions that you've held, what you're currently doing now for work, your current position there. So, all right, Casey, we're going to let you start. Hi, um, I'm Casey. Uh, I generally go by Casey Illustrates. Um, I graduated about a year ago from uh, UCF, and I've been working professionally for about 10 months now. Um, prior to my current position, I worked briefly for a small creative agency here in Orlando. And after leaving uh, the agency, I was still searching for either a full-time position while casually freelancing. Um, while doing that, I found some great clients and I decided to freelance full-time. And that's uh, what I've been doing. Um, did you, you want to show some of your work? So yeah. We got a lot of Florida people down there, Peter's from Florida as well, and Steph. So one of my favorite t-shirts by um, 50 States Apparel, right? Yes. Uh, well, I'll talk more about this later, but uh, this was one of the shirt designs I did for a competition, and it ended up winning, and they got printed, and they sold them at Creative South, which was pretty awesome. Um, and then just some other of my designs. I'm really a vector base, uh, and I like cats. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's just some of my work. I like the cat with the butthole with the heart. <laughs> oh, and my mom watches, so we like to keep it clean if we can. <laughs> so you know, booger snotted up for your password. <laughs> right. So Heath, you want us to go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Heath. Uh, I recently graduated from the University of Mobile um, with a degree in graphic design, and I've been, I guess, working professionally since graduation. Um, but during college, I actually started a, um, a publication uh, called Ant Farm Journal, uh, where we talk about like Southern art and culture and history and everything like that. Um, and I started that with a couple friends, and we've been doing that now for two years. 
Um, I also do freelance work. So I do um, a lot of like branding projects uh, with different companies in Mobile. Um, so I can show you a little bit of my work. Um, so like, so this is Ant Farm, uh, an you have ad. To screen share. Oh, there you go. Sorry. So this is an ad for Ant Farm, um, and then a little bit. There's a the journal cover for issue three, I believe. And then we did a redesign um, of the journal, and that's what it looks like now. Um, and so here's some branding stuff, um, some different logos that I've done. Have you done all these since school? Yeah, I've done the, all the logos, I believe. Yeah, all the logos I've done since graduating. Um, and then I've recently just been doing some like little illustrations of places I've gone to um, over the last couple of months. Another logo, um, another little illustration. Um, and, yeah, so it's kind of what I've been up to lately. And, um, you know, Ant Farm takes up most of my time and focus. So. Cool. All right, so Jordan. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Jordan. I'm a graphic designer and illustrator based here in Cleveland. Although I'm originally from Pittsburgh, I moved to Cleveland about a year and a half ago. Uh, lived in Pittsburgh for 20 years. Uh, graduated in 2013 from California University of Pennsylvania. So not in California, but yeah, there's, there's a town called California in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I know, right? Um, since then, oh, design positions. Um, so when I graduated in 2013, I actually could not find a job for two years. Um, but in the meantime, I was working for myself, uh, doing a lot of freelance contracts and um, just work with other, um, you know, local businesses. I actually was a instructor for digital illustration at a local arts community in Washington, PA. Um, I was a sign painter for Giant Eagle, which is a chain of grocery stores in Pennsylvania. Uh, I was a gallery attendant at the Andy Warhol Museum for a year. Um, that was right before I moved to Cleveland and uh, started working for GoMedia, um, more specifically for Weapons of Masquerade Fest. So I was the designer behind the sixth one. And I can actually show you guys that to give you guys some reference and refresh some memories. So I was the guy behind uh, this kind of like cosmic Buddha uh, illustration. Uh, I was responsible for pretty much a lot of things, uh, merchandise, um, you know, signage, uh, the like little things like the staff badges. Uh, created a kid's t-shirt as well. Um, Less arm, Buddha. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, you know, little, I love it. little guy. Um, so since then, I've been working for myself. I uh, started working for myself in September 2015. And I've just been doing a lot of illustration, uh, oh, process one, Jordan. your sketches. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So this is for a restaurant in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, it's for a seasonal item called the Gobblerito, which is like kind of like a Thanksgiving Day themed burrito. So it has like mashed potatoes and turkey in it. And it's for uh, Mad Mex, which is a chain in Pittsburgh. So and actually, 
Joe just said um, he wished he could draw that well, but really it just takes practice, right? You didn't come out of the womb drawing that well. Absolutely. I mean, and plus here's my concept sketches. Like it all just kind of begins really, really roughly. (laughs) So there's definitely a huge gap, you know, from this to the finished project uh, for sure. Um, As well as other work that I've done um, is like, you know, some branding, um, for different local clients. This is actually for uh, two, a couple that moved from New York and started a tango school here in Cleveland, and I'll talk about them uh, later. And this is one of my most recent uh, illustrations that I've done for a client, which is for this big uh, tango bowling marathon event that happens here in Cleveland. It's actually uh, happening this weekend, which I'm really pumped for. For those that don't know, I'm also a tango dancer. I've been learning for about a year and a half now. So that that's pretty much all about me. All right. All right, Amy, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. I'll do your screen share? Sounds good. Uh, I'm Amy Schwartz, and I'm currently the design director of two companies, uh, Cards Against Humanity and Black Box, which is a new company that Cards Against Humanity launched about a year ago. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm also uh, now on the board of AIJ Chicago as the co-vice president of member experience, which I'm really excited about because I feel very passionately about AIGA. It's given a lot to me. Um, I you, grad- you actually won the Command X last year at the, the uh, uh, AIGA, the national... Yep. I, uh, I competed in Command X last year and won, which was incredible, uh, and I made a lot of good friends from that, and we've kept in touch, uh, talk online, we've met in person. Uh, one of them, uh, Jacob Parr, launched a game that is now a black box client, so we still get to work together professionally, which is really fun. Um, yeah, I graduated uh, from undergrad in 2012 and went straight to graduate school, um, but I was working professionally during grad school, so I've been working for about four or five years now. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let, I'm gonna share your, I'm gonna share my screen and sh- you can talk us through some of these. So just in case somebody doesn't know what Cards Against Humanity is, can you kind of give them a little briefly? Yeah, uh, so Cards Against Humanity is a party game for horrible people. Uh, it plays similarly to Apples and Apples uh, where you, uh, each round there is a black card that sets up a joke and each player puts down a white card that they think is the funniest completion. Uh, it's fun because it really takes the shape of the group of people you're playing with and what's funny to you is radically different than what's funny to the person who's picking it. Uh, so it's really fun. I've been here for about a year and a half uh, as the director, design director. Um, so I've done everything from uh, product photo shoots to packaging, uh, marketing, uh, product design itself, web stuff, really uh, anything we've done. Uh, so the uh, this photo is actually of a sock joke that we pulled. Uh, so for the past three years, we've done a uh, mail order holiday promotion where people will send us 12 or $15 in the mail, and throughout the month of December, we'll send them mystery gifts. This past year's theme was Hanukkah, which is really fun for us because the majority of the people who work here are Jewish. And it was really fun to show people how uh, boring and serious Hanukkah is compared to Christmas. So one gag was that we sent socks in the mail for three nights. Uh, The first night you get socks in the mail and it's funny. Uh, And there are little menorah on them that have one candle. And then the second night, there's a second pair of socks. 
the second candle lit on the menorah uh, with funny quotes like, you can never have too many socks, falsely attributed to Mahatma Gandhi. Um, and by the third night, when people got the third pair of socks, they were like, God damn it, these people are sending us socks every day. Uh, and then the fourth night, it was something else. But three is like, that's the rule of, of timing for a joke. Uh, so I mailed people socks, which is really fun. <laughs> Because gotcha. usually with Hanukkah, the, it's many days of getting gifts, and so that usually the first few days are not so great. But by yeah, the third you day, get, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm just going to get socks for every day of the week, right? Yeah, and it sort of fits in with uh, typical Hanukkah. Some families do it differently, where your first night is the big present, and all the other nights after it are socks. But some families, you know, night one is socks, night two is razors, <laughs> night three is underwear, and then by night eight, it's like, a brand new PS4. Right, right. <laughs> you can't start with that, and then you don't appreciate things. Um, <laughs> this was fun, and every gift came with letters from people's fathers that fit a theme. Uh, one night we talked about the uh, importance of appreciating art, and we used the money from that day to buy a uh, Picasso uh, lithograph, and Ooh. we had everyone vote if we would donate it to the Art Institute of Chicago or laser cut it into 150,000 pieces and mail them to the 150,000 people. <laughs> uh, they voted to donate it, which was really great. We were really worried. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to click on some more. So do you want to? Yeah, uh, this was a packaging that we did for our worldwide web pack. Uh, I love this concept. This is probably my favorite art direction I've ever done, just a broken image link in the real world. Uh, fun photo shoot we did for it. And then Black Box, you want to talk about that? Yeah, so Black Box, uh, we're actually launching a new website next week. So next Wednesday, go to www.blackbox.cool to learn more about the company. Uh, but the gist of it is that uh, Cards Against Humanity was a Kickstarter project that has spiraled out of control into a company. And we've gotten really good at shipping boxes all over the world and all of the things that are really hard for people once they've successfully funded their Kickstarter. So we're offering all of our resources and knowledge and warehouse discounts to help other people take their Kickstarter project from a funded project to a sustainable business model. Uh, so we have an API that allows people to sell their product online after the Kickstarter. Uh, we help them through shipping to other countries, warehouses, all of this stuff. We design custom boxes. Everyone gets custom inserts. So it's a really great mix of letting people um, have a customized experience for shipping and not have to worry about, like, that tax to Brazil. Like, you should just focus on the thing you do really well, and we'll focus on all the boring stuff for you. Right, um, absolutely. Like so I'm going to just click through some other, um, you've also done UX, UI work, for sure, web work, right? Yeah, uh, I do web, UX, branding, print, you name it, I do it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just clicking through because some of it's really great, and I love the illustrations as well. Thank you. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, uh, this grant for the Science Scholarship is the one other thing that I'll, I'll push and then I'll stop talking. But uh, last year we started the Science Ambassador Scholarship, which is a full-ride scholarship for anyone who identifies as a woman who's studying science, technology, engineering, and math. And it's funded by sales of the Cards Against Humanity Science Pack. Um, we awarded our first scholarship this past year to Sona Dadhania, who is studying material science. And uh, please buy the pack for $10. You are sending women to college and helping them be great ambassadors for their fields. Uh, it's an amazing thing and probably the best project I've had the pleasure to work on here at Parts Against Humanity. That's awesome. 
All right, we can always come back to some of those too. So let's jump into some of the questions. We do have some questions from the audience and I wanna make sure that I get those and I'm just gonna kind of open those up to everybody um, to just so that we can uh, have everybody kind of chime in. But let's get started with the first one. So Amy, you've kind of been talking, I'm gonna ask you a couple of more. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest interview tip that you would give somebody and how, do you, how important do you think that first job is? I would say the most important things to think about in an interview isn't necessarily like one tip, but I would say like really be prepared, know who you're talking to, know what that company actually does and what sets them apart. Um, have your files together, like whether you're bringing a print piece or if you're like if you're showing people who work on your computer, like put it in the keynote, have an air of being organized and know what you're doing. And also remember that you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. I know we're all really excited to get our first job, especially if you're like me and you're leaving at a time when the economy is horrible and you have lots of student loan debt, you want anything, uh, but you do have a choice in it and you should be confident knowing that uh, you, if people want you, you should be able to pick a place that values you and has a respectful work environment. You don't have to put up with harassment or low pay or other garbage like that. Uh, so be confident and be prepared. So sometimes you have to move. Sometimes it's not. Uh, and Jordan, you know this because you ha did have trouble in um, Pittsburgh finding a job. And sometimes it's good to kind of get out of your regular comfort, comfort zone. But you were in involved with AIGA. So you were doing, I would say, everything right. Uh, but then you actually just took a position in Cleveland with um, Go Media to do WMC Fest. And it, it really has paid off, right? Oh, yeah, certainly. So... Um, what it, for any of you guys, what resources did you use or do you use where you look, where did you look for job openings or even freelance opportunities? Who wants to go first? Jordan? Uh, I know for me, I was, uh, I was constantly checking the, the site Indeed. I think that's, that's the site that has like a lot of the job postings. Um, I was also checking out uh, LinkedIn's job postings. Um, I think Behance also has job posting. So does AIGA. Um, so just a lot of job postings from, you know, these online sites. Uh, but I would also, you know, kind of keep my ear close to the ground and uh, go out to networking events and talk to people and kind of get an idea of like, all right, who's, you know, are there any positions that are opening up or are there any, you know, contracts that they need outside help and things like that um and during that time where i was job hunting and kind of working on my own work and you know kind of getting these like maybe two month three month contracts i was also uh working with oh wow what was the name of them this is like a creative group that and they would help you find contracts the creative group TCG? It's, it's, it actually isn't Creative Group. Creative it's another Circle? one. It's not Creative Circle. They were based in Columbus originally, and then they opened up a Pittsburgh office. Oh, well. We'll uh, do that research later. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Keep going. Um, and actually, that's how I got the contract to do um, some sign painting uh, with Giant Eagle. For I think I did that for about maybe like half a year. So... Really, it's it's all over the place, you know. You check the job listings online, 
you have conversations with people that are in the industry or, you know, local businesses, um, you know, you work with these kind of uh, companies that help you find, you know, different contracts. So it's, it's really kind of uh, having your hands in like different jars and seeing what you can pull out. So, but you were really involved with AIGA in Pittsburgh, but then when you moved, you actually got involved with AIGA as well. So that has helped you in another way. It's, it's making friends instead of like networking, really. It's, it's right. Cause you've done work with people who maybe business people would call it networking, but like some of the work you've done with Dustin Lee for retro supply or things like that just come out. And even the tango stuff, right. Came out of just doing some making new friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually kind of quickly realized that um, whenever I was involved with AIGA Pittsburgh. Um, so when I first started, you know, my intentions were like, okay, this would be great to go and try and get a job, you know, because that's what every um, college student and college graduate is thinking of, you know, I need to get that first job. Um, soon after, though, I realized that it, and I wasn't necessarily uh, presenting myself this way, uh, but I could definitely feel it sometimes in other social situations that people don't, <laughs> don't like it when you are only talking to them or trying to connect with them for your, uh, you know, own reasons, you know, they can definitely, you know, <laughs> pick up quick uh, to those sort of intentions. But people definitely love it whenever you approach them genuinely and um, sincerely, and you're actually interested in what they do and want to learn more about them. Um, so through that, I was able to connect with a lot of people in AIGA. And actually, I went to California in 2013, and I connected with the president uh, out there and told her I was, you know, an AIGA member in Pittsburgh. And she actually uh, gave me free admission to two of their events, which was wonderful. It was great. And similar story, whenever I came to Cleveland, uh, my first week that I was in the city, I um, went to a like a happy hour that AIGA Cleveland was doing. And now a year later, I'm actually uh, a chair on their, uh, you know, their board. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities that come, come through, not necessarily networking with people, but actually connecting with them and forming relationships. Right. Absolutely. So, all right. So Heath, this one for you and Amy, um, how do you continue to develop your skills and why do you think that's um, important? Do you do that on a weekly basis and how do you do that? Because that's something, again, after you graduate, um, unfortunately, we don't just have these skills that are like um, the ceramics teachers, like we haven't done anything new in thousands of years, you know? So, but for us, it's like every day is something new. So mm -hmm. Heath, start us off. Yeah, I think it's um, really important to just keep up with like what's happening in the world. Um, so like, I mean, and, and design specifically. So I think like going on Behance and looking at other people's work and seeing what other people are doing and um, even going on Pinterest and viewing work that way, um, just seeing what's out there. Um, and, you know, even like with Skillshare, do Skillshare classes or things like that, that help you to like, continue to develop new skills um, and to like advance what you already know um, to, to become a better designer. But I think it's something that you have to be proactive at and like really think about because I mean, for me, 
just getting out of college, it was really easy to keep up and to keep learning new things while in school. Um, but now that I don't have that to kind of fall back on, it's something that I have, you have to like do every day and really put forth an effort to, to, to learn new things. Um, but I would say like staying up to date with what other people are doing um, and just doing like passion projects and small things like that just to keep uh, trying new things um, with software and, and stuff like that I think is really important. So, Amy, what about you? Because you've actually taken on new roles instead of being a designer, just a designer and being part of a team. Now you're kind of leading the team, which is actually another skill. It's not a computer yeah. skill or something like that. But it's, again, something that we that's actually those next levels start doing something like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so in my role here, it's my first time really uh, leading a team, which is a uh, an interesting skill to develop at a place that's still a very flat organization. So while I'm the team leader, it more so means that I'm in a project manager role and driving projects more than I'm like the boss with final say on things. Um, so a lot of it has just been learning from others, reading books on things that are tangentially related to design that are still very much part of a designer's job, like project man management strategies, um, I talk to the other team leaders here at Cards Against Humanity a lot. I work with some really talented, passionate people who have been able to help me through uh, a lot of the tough situations that come up with uh, giving uh, helpful feedback to people that's sometimes hard to talk about, how to deal with sensitive issues, um, how to inspire people on your team, how do you talk about boring things like timeliness and communication styles. Uh, it, it doesn't really come easily and no one's ever really perfect at it. Uh, so I think it's really important to be honest in the fact that we're all sort of developing those skills and reach out to people and hear what people can sort of share with you and try things out. Um, especially when you're new in a managerial position, I think transparency is really important. Uh, telling people on your team that you're going to try a new strategy for running a project and that it's an experiment and you want feedback on it um, and just having open lines of communication both ways I found are really important. In terms for uh, more design design skills I think it's really important for a designer to have a studio practice of their own um, whether that's passion projects that actually see the light of day and things that don't uh, things that don't have a client involved because then you could um, you know shut down social media shut down websites and instead of emulating people's work, which is an important skill to learn things. It's sometimes nice to not have any expectations and have those weird happy accidents happen uh, where, you know, you try a new piece of software and you do something totally wrong and not what you wanted it to do, but it's so cool. And then exploring where that goes. When there's no deliverable, no deadline in mind, you're able to really freely explore those and then bring them into your other passion projects that are going to see the light of day or maybe a client project. Um, and I think it's really important to have that mix of being aware of trends in contemporary design and having time to escape that vortex so you're contributing interesting new things to it. And it's hard to manage. Uh, so how do you do that? Like with a full-time job and, and you actually have a few passion projects. So when do you, when do you do that? Uh, it's been really hard now because it's summer in Chicago and we don't get nice weather all the time. So I haven't been really doing it now, uh, which I also think is important to have balance. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's helpful. I think when you put time on your calendar and treat it like a fun event for yourself or invite a friend to do it, um, 
I have some friends from graduate school who now live in Chicago too, and we just built out a screen printing studio in our office. So we've had hangout nights where we like go get Taco Bell because I love Taco Bell, uh, and we screen print and make weird stuff together. And then it's a social activity, and you're exploring things together. Um, so I think like setting aside the time for it is right, but also realizing that like you don't have to work all the time. That's not what life's about. Yeah, and still making sure exploration is part of your life, and that's a yeah. big part of you growing as a designer and as a human, actually. So, so Casey, I'm going to send this one to you. So you have won a lot of competitions, the uh, 50 States one, which I love. I actually own that shirt, and people can, I think, maybe they can buy it on the, I don't know. I don't know if they can buy it, but I got it. I got to buy another copy of that Florida shirt. Um and it's actually gotten you some serious exposure along with a sticker company too, I believe. So how has that helped you? And then what got you started doing these? Cause where are you located? What city? Uh, I'm in Orlando. Okay. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've won, I think it's only been about two contests so far on dribble. Um, one, like I said, was for the 50 States with the shirt and then the other was for sticker mule. And they, they frequently put on uh, sticker meal. They frequently put on different competitions. And I actually think they have one going on right now. But um, pretty much I started uh, participating in these because I wanted to freelance. And I um, was having, I was struggling finding clients at the time. So I was trying to find alternative ways to generate income and exposure and be able to grow my brand without having to, uh, I guess, uh, put out too much financial like I wanted like the main thing was I wanted to, uh, to create products but I didn't want to front a whole bunch of money to hope that you know someone buys it because I, I just don't have the funds for that so I found sticker meal to be a really great opportunity for me um, and it's because just by participating they'll give you $20 store credit so I mean you're technically working for money I mean they're they're gonna pay uh, and help you there but um but yeah when I was finding trying to find alternative methods pretty much the thing that really stuck out to me was I needed a way to learn how to make my hobby work for me mm -hmm. and my hobby was illustrating and I did it daily uh, I was working on growing my audience and trying to build that way but I wasn't making any money so finding different outlets and uh, to sell and do things within my means, which I am starting, and my means weren't that great. So one of the ways was these contests. Um, and uh, with 50 states, that, that was huge for me because, like I said, they sold it at Creative South, and that was just dope. Like, I don't know. <laughs> to see my, my work in front of these people that I super, like, super admire, it was just really awesome. Um, and even to have people buy it, like uh, you, Diane, that was just really cool. Like. Well, I think sometimes we, you get to a point in the beginning of your career where you may have been good in school, but then you get out in the real world and then you can, it, it can get a little disheartening to some, for some people. You're like, well, am I that, am I, am I good? Or did people, were people just telling me that? And so then it's kind of that validation from other people and social media helps that a lot. But when people put money behind something that, that really makes a difference and it can really make you. Yeah, because, I mean, it is one thing to illustrate something and, say, put it on Instagram and dribble and get likes, and that's fine, but it's really difficult to translate those likes into people buying products and um, 
it's just learning how to do that. And I'm still learning how to do that, but I'm trying to do it as smart as possible without eating as eating too much cost. And um, so pretty much that cats for everyone, that was one of their uh, contests and they ended up choosing it as one of the winners uh, to my surprise. And then, so they gave me free buttons and a hundred more dollars to spend in their store. And you can buy a lot of stuff for a hundred dollars. So I actually went out and um, I bought clear stickers of the Florida shirt that I did. So now I have clear decals. So that's just pure profit at this point um, when I sell them. So it's just kind of finding these opportunities. And if you can't find them, it's also making your own opportunity and reaching out and trying different things and uh, different outlets that you can uh, then hopefully profit and grow um, and uh, further your brand. So one of the things I think is great from that is that you're actually thinking like a client. You're thinking like uh, one of the people that we would be working for. So you're actually thinking about the market and what would happen. And you're thinking about that uh, low cost, big margin, you know, things like that. And so I actually think that being a freelancer can be a really big advantage. So um, I had a couple questions from the audience. So Anne wants to know, Amy, this is to you. Did you pursue the enough campaign or do you have plans to? Oh, she Sorry. I could talk about it though really quickly. Um, so at the AIJ conference last year, the final round of Command X was a project to address uh, the gun violence in our country and a way to promote common sense gun laws. Uh, so they left it very uh, politically open where you can decide what common sense was. Um, I would say all three of us had really incredible emotional responses to it, and you could really feel a great energy in the room. And when everyone left, everyone at the conference, they really wanted to see something come out of all of these ideas. Um, so while I haven't been able to really build something tangible from my presentation from that, um, there are some things that AIGA Chicago is doing to address that and similar issues because uh, Chicago has a uh, a history of gun violence. Um, one of my sister's friends was actually murdered last weekend from gun violence, which is really sad. Um, and it's a thing that in Chicago, which is a notoriously segregated city, it becomes a statistic and something that you don't really think about. You're like, oh, that's sad. But when it affects your life, even in a tiny way where it's a friend of a friend, it becomes real and you remember how terrible it is. Um, and there's also a lot of movement going on here in Chicago with uh, Black Lives Matter and the Black Youth Power 100 Project. Um, so AIGH Chicago is working on initiatives to uh, use our design resources and our expertise to help support our community. So uh, tonight there's actually a panel discussion at Gravity Tank uh, addressing these issues and there's a bigger movement that we're still in the infancy of um, but figuring out how we can bring people from the community in and not just make things for him and for them and say here you go but really listen to them and figure out what it is for us um, maybe it's some sort of broader initiative and resources that we can share with AIGA nationally um, so I'm really excited because uh, this thing that a lot of people in our community and I'm sure other communities around the country are feeling and we're trying to mobilize around. Uh, so I think real things will come from it soon. Well, I think it's important to be involved in other things that are, are using, and that's one reason that AIGA is so great. So you can get involved in, uh, it's a passion project, but it's also showing how design can be a part of everything. And really, if it, designers get involved, we can make it stronger, better, the, every, the whole communication of whatever it is. So I think that's awesome. So it's definitely getting out there and finding things that you're passionate about and um, 
whether it's a, a social cause or it could be um, just something that you like to do as a hobby. I definitely think that those all are really important. So this one's uh, to Jordan, Heath, and Casey. Um, and then Amy, I have another kind of side question on this one. So Jordan, start with you. What's the biggest struggle that you feel when you're working alone as a freelancer? Oh man. So I'm going to kind of go back to the comment that you said, um, this idea of being in college and you know, doing really well academically and then getting out of college and, and realizing some things. Uh, for me, um, you know, I did, I was a hard worker in college, um, graduated like summa cum laude. And, but when I got out of college, uh, especially like since working for myself, I realized like, oh crap, I think I might actually be lazy. Um, especially um, when I didn't have my studio space um, because for the first month or so I was working at my apartment and I just couldn't get anything done. I just could not get anything done. I would take naps or watch YouTube or Netflix or something. I would just waste a lot of time. Um, but in October, uh, I was able to find a space, and that really helped with my productivity. Because actually, why? Just getting out of your apartment? Just not having your bed, like, four feet away from you, I think, really helps. Um, or so having uh, so some people may have to may not be able to rent a space but maybe having a, a dedicated room that doesn't have a bed in it um, and maybe not a TV or something that is some space that you're dedicating to do your work is that would that helpful and no beer Peter says <laughs> how do you do work without beer <laughs> yeah I, I would say you kind of just have to work with you know with what you're given and, and try to figure out ways to establish really good habits. Um, for me, I was just really fortunate that I was able to get a studio space. Um, and that, that opportunity is actually kind of interesting too, because it kind of goes back to this whole idea of uh, networking. So whenever I first started taking um, my tango classes, it was actually at the venue where my studio is. So where my studio is, is uh, part of this, um, kind of multi-purpose uh, space called Canopy. And, and it's kind of like a three, three faceted uh, company. So they have the storefront, which is where they sell a lot of um, artwork ranging from like prints to original paintings, to jewelry, to vintage furniture, all sorts of things. Um, and then in the back, they actually have a gallery space as well as like a big like open space, uh, which can be used for, you know, different like local plays or, you know, little lectures, things like that. And also in the back is little studio spaces that are like closed off. Um, so each uh, artist or creative that has a space there, like it's their own space. Uh, they can lock it up and whatnot. And it's, it's pretty private. Um, so how I got that opportunity was I met the owners and eventually had some of my own artwork, uh, just some prints of illustrations that I've done uh, in their storefront. And then later down the line, whenever I was talking about, yeah, I'm working for myself now, um, they actually asked me if I wanted to rent out one of the, the spaces. And at that time, I 
I wasn't sure if I could afford it financially. And it was uh, like the price they were giving me was super reasonable. Um, I just wasn't sure where I was at financially. Um, so then we kind of came up with this exchange where I actually designed their promotional material in exchange for that space. And anything that goes uh, above rent, they'll actually compensate me for. So it's, it's like a really, really good deal. And I'm really fortunate um, to have received that opportunity. But again, it's, it's all through kind of just like going out, you know, getting involved, meeting people, talking to them. And um, sometimes some really good things arises from that. So Heath, what about you? What's the biggest struggle for you as a freelancer? I think um, for me, is it's kind of like what Jordan was talking about, uh, staying on task. So like I can't really work at home very well. So I have to like make sure that I leave the house and go to a coffee shop or something like that. But uh, staying on task and making lists and, and doing that to keep keep focus um, is really it was really important. I think the biggest thing for me though is is getting feedback. Um, like going back to like being in school. Um, it was really easy for me to get feedback from like the other students in the class or, you know, my friends. Um, but like now that I'm kind of out on my own and, and some of those people have moved off, um, getting feedback on the work that I'm doing, uh, is, is, is a little more difficult. Um, so like going to things like AIGA events and meeting people and building relationships, uh, with people that you trust, um, and, and getting feedback from them on your work. And, and I'm lucky to work with a bunch of really great people at Ant Farm. So, uh, I do get feedback from them as well, but uh, just surrounding myself with people um, because that's what, you know, being out on your own and doing freelance work and, and just uh, sometimes I can get into my own head a little bit and, and I need to just kind of get out and, and talk to people and talk about work and, and talk about things that are not related to work. So, right. Yeah. So what about you, Casey? What's one of the struggles for you? Um, pretty much besides the whole business side of it, um, which that's just a struggle, but, uh, the creative side, I think, uh, managing projects and not biting off more than I can chew. Um, I, I usually target clients that are going to be reoccurring. So most of my clients right now I'm contracted with. So I, I have a steady, somewhat steady stream of work, but it's also sometimes, uh, it gets low and you're like, okay, well maybe I should go find a couple more clients, but you're not exactly sure. So it's just kind of like finding that balance and knowing how much is enough and budgeting, budgeting your uh, finances to know exactly, um, okay, this is what I have to hit this month if I, if, you know, if I want to still live here. So it's just kind of just finding your balance. Um, so how, how do you start that conversation with a client? Because a lot of times, especially, I mean, you're a year out, a year and a few months out. How do you say, hey, you know, um, I would like you for you to work I would like to work for you on a retainer and here's what I'm going to offer. It's kind of like what Jordan said with about the, the lot the space and then anything over, but he's still keeping track of his time or his hours or his project by project. So he's not getting taken advantage of. Um, and the, so he's also, you know, paying his rent. So how do you do that so early on? Cause I think that could be, so one of Casey's things is she's a great online, but she's kind of quiet, which I think a lot of people are, you know, but she would rather kind of be behind her computer. So how, how do you broach that? Cause that takes a lot of confidence and a lot of like a gusto to be like, Hey, um, how about doing this? Um, well, first off, it was just, I think a lot of it was luck. Um, <laughs> right, out, right out of the gate, 
uh, my first couple clients, they were looking for a remote freelancer. Um, and from there, I just kind of build that relationship and I try to show them that I can be everything you need me to be. And I try to make every client feel like they're my only client. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just really paying attention to their needs and trying to think outside the box, like what else could I give them? Am I uh, providing them everything, like all the file types? Do they know what to do with these file types? Um, are they gonna get this printed and mess it up? Like I, I really try and be that person that they're like, okay, and they start coming to me, they're like, okay, what should I do about this? And now I'm kind of that, you know, person they lean on in the design. And it, like I said, I think it's just luck um, finding them and just keeping them is, is the battle. And I think that is just treating them well. So that's part of your core value is that excellent in customer service. Um, so we are almost out of time. One thing I just want to make sure people know is I'm a huge advocate of AIGA. You know, the minimum thing is $13 a month. Hello, people. This is, a, you know, a meal. Maybe not even a whole meal, you know, like it could be a half a meal for some people. And it's for the whole month. There's tons of things you get. And I know Heath knows because he's our membership um, director board member or whatever you call it um, but I definitely think that this is AIGA is something for young designers and older designers like me to be able to get involved with one um, Amy you are talking about changing kind of from being a designer to being on a team and kind of project managing and so those if you don't have anybody to mentor and maybe there's not anybody at your company that's doing this and you might be the first person or you might not have your friends aren't there so AIGA can serve that place to have a mentor to kind of talk to or talk about struggles of, hey, how do I motivate people? How do I get people not to sleep at their desk, right? I'm just kidding, Jordan. Um, <laughs> but, but Amy, can you talk about that? Have you used AIGA in that way of kind of finding a mentor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been both a mentor and a mentee through AIGA Chicago's mentor program, which I think is the best thing our chapter has ever done because it's free and it's open to non-members and we have people who come from far outside of Chicago, from all of the community colleges in the suburbs who drive out for this, and it's so impactful for them. Um, and it's been going for about five years now. This is going to be my third time in it, my second time as a mentor. Um, and I, I love it, and I'm really excited because um, we just got a new uh, head of it because our amazing mentorship chair who started it, Monina Velarde, left us sadly to go work on the Hillary campaign. So we're really proud of her because she's doing great things. Uh, but Jen Lemerand, who started She Says Chicago, is now uh, running that for us. As of last night, we voted her in. Um, cool. And she has great ideas like starting a mentor uh, group because you work in small groups, uh, one that's met for people who are in my position who are working on different challenges in their career. Um, and I just think it's great that we have something formal, but I've also had informal things come out of it. It's, I can't stress enough how much our career is about people, whether it's who you're communicating to, where the users you're designing for, the people you're surrounding yourself with, the friends you make out of it. Um, it's what it's all about, and AIGA is just an amazing place to meet these people and grow together and have fun. Uh, so I can't speak highly enough of the organization. <laughs> Me too. I'm with you. So, all right. There were a couple questions we had. Kent sent in a few questions, and I want to make sure we get them answered. So, um, I'm going to ask all of you this. Casey, I'm going to start with you. Um, what do you wish that you knew now, that you know now, that you wish you that, that your teachers had told you in school? Um, 
I wish my teachers when I would have told me in school that I can come out of college and freelance and work for myself. Um, it was always something I wanted to do, but I didn't believe it was something that was feasible uh, right out of school. But I mean, I'm doing it. So yeah. it would have saved me some like nights where I wake up with a panic attack. But, you know, I just didn't know. And it's one of those fake it till you make it. And, you know, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> And anxiety is a, a normal part of being a freelancer and owning your own business. So um, I'm going to have somebody on the show later in the year or next year and that's actually going to talk about anxiety and design. So I'm with you on that. So good for you, Casey. All right, Heath, how about you? I think for me, it would uh, uh, kind of like what Casey said, uh, I'm also doing freelance work. So I think, you know, developing those skills uh, to get out of school and to run a successful business uh, would be great. Um, like invoicing or like contracts, anything like that, um, that just helps to make that process a little more easier. Um, because I mean, f freelance is great and I've met a ton of really great people, but doing that. So, um, I think, you know, just developing those business skills, um, that are necessary to, to make that happen is, is a huge thing. Awesome. All right. Um, Amy, and then we'll end with Jordan. Oh man, um, sorry. <laughs> I wish I would have realized earlier in my career that I don't have to follow everyone's advice all the time. Um, mm -hmm. I think I realized it by the end of undergrad because everyone told me not to go to grad school or not go right away. And I was like, well, too late. I'm already going. <laughs> um, I think it's important to know that like everyone has advice to give and people have advice to give that's in conflict with other advice and you can pick which one makes sense for you uh so know when to trust someone and go with your gut and say well just because that worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me bye right right and really trusting your gut yeah all right jordan i would say that i wish that <laughs> i wish that i knew that um, it's not good to seek validation through uh, getting that first job. Mm. Um, whenever I was job hunting, um, like I would work on my own personal projects, but the end, like the end goal um, at that time was like, I need to get hired. And I would place so much focus on that. And um, yeah, <laughs> once, once I did get hired, it was great. But then I, you know, let my own personal projects just kind of fall by the wayside. And in the end, it, it actually started really affecting me as a creative, uh, which is, which really contributes to me going back and working for myself, even though it's a lot riskier, you know, not sure, if, you know, you're going to get clients, you know, or who's going to stay on and whatnot. But it's definitely, uh, it's more rewarding. And I like having this sense of, uh, you know, building something up for myself. Well, I think you always have to be exploring. You always have to be growing. And when you stop growing, then there's an issue. And so, again, having people in your life that are going to push you, like Heath was talking about, people he can trust that are going to give you real feedback instead of just always um, maybe just stroking you, you know. Um, you do need people who are going to really be that reality for you. But I think, I mean, you've done great with having people uh, around so networking is really important for sure but networking in a friend way um, 
Anyway, so one more question from Kent was, when did you realize that learning didn't stop with graduation and that to, must be continued to be successful? Amy, you want to start? Uh, I mean, I think I always knew that, but I think that's because I, when I was leaving school, I felt like I wasn't prepared enough. And at first I was angry, like, mm -hmm. I paid all this money and they didn't teach me everything I need to know. And then I realized everyone feels that way and it's because school can only instill so much in you and that's, it, it instills a lot and it's great. And the rest you figure it out as you go because uh, there are things that school can't possibly recreate or teach you in a certain way. Um, so I think I learned it the hard way right away and I had to adjust my attitude to come around to it because uh, people have a sense of entitlement when you're paying a lot of money for school and that uh, entitlement doesn't get you far. Hard yeah. work does. Yeah. And four years is not enough to teach you everything that you're going to need to know. So Absolutely not. For sure. All right, Jordan, how about you? Oh, man. Kind of the same deal. Um, even graduating, I was always kind of hungry and always searching for um, – you know, more and more uh, content and lessons and, you know, ways to sharpen my eye as a designer. Uh, but I would probably say the biggest thing is, you know, it's almost like achieving a balance or being at this, at this sweet spot and knowing that you're never done learning, mm -hmm. but at the same time to be confident of the stuff that you have learned. And like yeah. I said, kind of going back to that validation, um, you know, kind of issue whenever you graduate or even you know sometimes I face it now is that um, you know you have to be confident in the, in the things that you do in the lessons that you've learned um, especially whenever you get into positions of being a mentor or you know these leadership roles where people are looking up to you and kind of confiding in you and wanting to hear your input um, and it's okay to be confident in those things that you've learned and the skills that you've built up. Um, but again, at the same time, know that you're never done learning for sure. Well, and it's also being confident that you can learn it. Like I know clients will be like, well, can you do this? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know how to do this, but I can, I can figure it out. I'm confident in my abilities to research or figure it out. And, and or I am confident in my, my, I asked Brian White a ton of questions. I'm sure he gets so sick of me, but um, I'm so thankful to have people that I trust and I think are really knowledgeable. And I think that that's what a community can do as well. And I think it's about, I think confidence is super important, but it's also, hey, I don't know this, but I'm confident I can figure it out. And I think there's a difference in expressing that to a client and coming with confidence and saying that than being like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then it's just, the, the trust is gone, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so Heath, what about you? Yours was similar kind of to um, Amy's, I think, but. Yeah, I think like that, the idea of like always having to put forth effort to learn has always been there. Um, and I think with me getting out of school, you know, just a few months ago, um, you know, I was learning so quickly through school and I was always having new people, you know, teach me things. Uh, but then when I got out, I had to really like put forth more of an effort. And when I, when I graduated in May, I actually took some time off and, and backpacked through Europe. Um, and so through that process, I was more like aware of like the world is huge and there's so many people in it and there's so many different people that think differently. Um, and so learning, you know, is just something that 
you have to make time for. Um, I don't know because we're all busy and we all, you know, get into work and get into jobs and, you know, we focus on those and, and sometimes we don't allow the time to actually read or, you know, do research or learn. So I think, you know, it has always been there for me, but I think especially now that I've graduated, it's become more of a part of my life um, and that I'm actually making time to, to learn new skills. So that's awesome. All right. How about you, Casey? Um, I think it was actually when, after I attended uh, creative South last year, so 2015, um, that was like a month before my uh, graphic design program was finished. And then I just had one more class to take in summer and I went there and I was freaking out about like, graduating and I didn't know what to do. And I, I made this like realization that those people on the stage are just like me, but the only difference is that they're actually doing it and they're practicing. And um, so when I got home from Creative South, I, I just like, okay, well, I need to do something. So that's when I started illustrating and I just pushed through it and I did it daily and I kept learning and Pretty much, I still feel like I'm trying to learn different ways to illustrate and uh, now trying to add uh, animation and stuff to it. But it all kind of spawned from seeing everyone at Creative South and getting that like confidence that, you know, they put their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> right. So, do I. so <laughs> it's like, why couldn't I do it? Yeah, it, that's, I think that's a huge lesson. So we're out of time, but I want to make sure that everybody can get in touch with you guys and follow you guys on your social media. So Casey, I'm going to start with yours. You, everybody can find you at CaseyIllustrates.com, and I'm actually going to yep. put it in the chat, but it's C-A-S-E-Y Illustrates. Yep. Yes. And I'm the, I'm the B butt. If you see this, that's me. I don't have a, a – I always go by the logo. <laughs> All right, and so on Dribble and Instagram, you're at Casey Illustrates. Yes. And then Amy, I did it, I think I, I don't know how I was doing, I was trying to, oh yeah, I did it in alphabetical order, but like Amy's S, and then Heath's a V, and then Jordan's a W, so it's like Amy. We're all clustered at the end. I know, Casey's <laughs> like a B at the front, so Casey Brabs is her name, B-R-A-B-B-S, and then so Amy, um, and I have my friend I told you that was the vampire hunter, yes. told her about, she totally loves Cards Against Community, so I'm going to send you guys an intro email, you guys can yeah. shout over each other. Anyway, so the reason I bring that up is because Amy's handle is Amy Dracula, which <laughs> is hilarious, and I can't wait to hear the backstory on that one. And so it's Amy Schwartz, and it's amynicole.co, so A-M-Y-N-I-O-C-L-N-I-C-O-L-E, I don't even, I can't even spell it, .co, and then also you can find her at blackbox.cool, is that right? Dot cool. Yeah. I don't have any dot-coms. I guess that would have been taken. And then also at cardsagainsthumanity.com. And then we have he Oh, and then Amy Dracula on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to post that as well, which I just think is hilarious. Amy Schwartz was taken. It's a short story. Yeah. I'm nowhere near the first Amy Schwartz. When you search Amy Schwartz, the first suggestion on Google is Amy Schwartz IDEO. Like, ah, I'm not even the best Amy Schwartz in design. Uh, you're only Amy Dracula, though. <laughs> That's true. That and um, you have a, a and you know Jordan was showing before you came on. Do you have your Pinocchio book? You can show Amy because she. Yeah, totally. like that. Do you know about yeah. this, Amy? No. <gasps> Tell her about it, Jordan. So uh, the artist uh, took the classic story of Pinocchio 
and he put him in this context where he's a vampire slayer. So how he kills <laughs> vampires is by telling a lie and growing his nose, <laughs> snapping it off and using it as a stake to like stab vampires. I am buying this from my local bookstore. Right it's so good. I think there's like three or four of them out now. It's really good. I knew you would really like that. We were having those test, those earphone things earlier. So I was like, oh no, well, we'll just share it later. So it was worth it, right? Um, and so Jed or uh, Fabio was like, that's awesome. Okay, so then we have Heath who... Um, Heath, you want to, so Heath, you can find him at Heath Vester, V-E-S-T-E-R dot com. And Heath is just like health without the L, right? That's right. Anyway, and um, also at um, Ant Farm Mobile. So there's two M's in there. Ant Farm, M-O-B-I-L-E dot com. And then on Instagram, Heath Vester Design. And on Facebook, Heath Vester. And then Snapchat at Heath dot Vester. All right, and then last but not least, Jordan. So where are all the Wongs taken? Jordan Wong, could you not have your Wong name, right? It's a uh, it's a more interesting name than like Jordan Wong Design. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so so Jordan, you can find Jordan at Wong Face W O N G F A C E dot com. He didn't have to get a dot cool. Thank good job, there, Jordan. <laughs> It is like a huge like brainstorming to try to get a dot com nowadays. Um, and then the online store, he actually, that t-shirt you have, there's a whole bunch of other t-shirts that Jordan actually has for sale. And he's an amazing illustrator, as they all are amazing at what they do. Um, and you can look at, you can check that out at wongfacestoreenvy.com. And then on Instagram, you can find Jordan at wongface, W-O-N-G-F-A-C-E. Anyway, um, and that that's it for us today. Next week, we have one of my um, friends, Mitch Shepard, who does Humbly Made Design, who does t-shirts, but he actually does some partnerships and gets artists. He's not just doing all the designs on his own. He definitely does some of those, but he actually partners with people and does um, month this year he's doing every month you can buy this month is Nathan Yoder, Yoder uh, uh, he has a kindness shirt so it's really cool and it helps the designers as well and I think that's a neat way to be a community because that's one thing I definitely like for us is to promote a community and I definitely think AIGA does that if you don't have an AIGA chapter in your local town you can start one me and Heath did so with a few other awesome designers so you can actually do that and Casey mentioned um, Creative South that's another great conference and it's in April very affordable um, and then Jordan also mentioned WMC Fest and there is also the AIGA National Conference but definitely check out it's worth a little bit of a drive and there's a lot of things that you can do even if you don't have a local AIGA chapter you can actually join the nearest one to you and you can actually get all the you can find the job listings and all that stuff and and there's a lot of other national things that we have and benefits to being part of AIGA so this was AIGA Emerge Week this was my first time and it was a kind of a it was great for y'all stress. I mean, I, it was great for me to have y'all, but it was kind of a stressful week. So it was the first week of class and I was putting out fires left and right. And so people were following me during this even. And I'm like, I'm on my show. So 
Anyway, I just want to thank you guys and thank you because none of you knew each other and now you know each other and friendship. <laughs> for sure. Anyway, thank you guys. And if you ever want to reach out to me, you can always reach me at Diane at designrecharge.org. And I'll see you next week. So thanks guys. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.